promoters, and welcome to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I am your co-host, Sam Fain, joined, of course, by Todd Dorschel, the tournament master. Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great on this lovely October day. Yes, indeed. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Again, again yes. yeah. The, the, the last day of the Major League Baseball regular season, which, uh, you know, everybody plays it kind of cool this year. They did it. Everybody played at four o'clock at the same time. So there's no advantage in case there's any, you know, anything that needed, you know, tiebreakers and stuff. And of course, everything had already been decided last night. So it didn't really even matter today, but that's okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, man, I would talk some baseball, but the truth of the matter is we've got a jam packed show. So we have a lot to do to get to. Yes. Right. Yes. I feel like we should just dive in. Uh, first of all, uh, we have an awesome main event. Uh, Shannon Hunter from CZW is joining us to talk about combat zone wrestling. And of course, the tournament of death 19, which takes place on October 29th. You can find out all the information at czwrestling.com. Of course, you should definitely check them out on social media uh just uh, search for combat zone wrestling uh, there's facebook group there's instagram and of course there's twitter uh, also make sure you hit up uh shannon's twitter account uh shay hunter uh at shay hunter it's uh, s-h-a-e hunter um for all the latest updates uh uh she's been awesome at posting everything as far as all the entrance names for uh tournament of death and, and helped to kind of create a lot of buzz uh with some big names including necro butcher uh Mickey Knuckles is going to be in there. Uh, And and of course, uh, one of our our personal favorites here at the podcast or invite will be uh, in the tournament of death this year as well. Um, And so we've got a great jam packed interview with her uh, as our main event. But before we get there, we certainly want to cover all of our teasers and we're going to start off with the legends prime teaser uh, for the, uh, the past week. And that was none other than us express Uh, super excited to have this version of Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham in the game. Uh, I, I think that the art looks great um and and i just yeah i i again i'm i'm very very excited about uh uh, having these two cards Uh, i think the stats are great um and and it's just it's just awesome to have you know this version of these two guys of course we've had you know barry for a while now um coming out in legends expansion two um uh which was kind of the the main event nwa you know title uh, uh chasing barry windham um and uh and of course we got the mike rotunda card in the last tnt set which was sort of the varsity club uh version of rotunda and now you know getting the two of them together as us express i think is fantastic uh, I, i've got some fond memories early early memories of, of them um in uh in wwf uh as of course tag team champions there for a while managed by none other than captain lou albano um some some indelible moments including of course appearing on the very first wrestlemania uh which they did come out on the losing end of to they fellow did. legends of wrestling uh icons iron Sheik and nikolai volkov uh mm-hmm. that's not the only feud that you can recreate of course we also have brutus beefcake and greg valentine as the dream team with luscious johnny v uh, manager card so a lot of really cool stuff that you can kind of you know replicate if you want to or uh take them in an entirely different direction match them up against you know the bulldogs match them up against midnight express rock and roll express you know see see what happens um apparently i did not know this but apparently they did uh take on a heel of fabulous ones in awa so learn something new every day i know right uh todd thoughts on the u.s express no very awesome uh, to have them there uh i know you know as soon as we had uh rotunda that was uh 
Yeah, obviously we, we wanted to do the, uh, you know, varsity club type look, but this was like right beyond it, right afterwards there, you know, having went in there, that that, that was a, a big want from everybody on the team. I think it surprised a couple of people how that it came out uh, <laughs> yeah. that quick because I don't, I don't think a lot of people were, um, you know, expecting if we did it, it would be, you know, in December with the, uh, the Northeast set that we have planned uh, coming out. But no, we got them out right away there. Uh, and I think people were uh, pretty excited. So, uh, yeah, definitely really cool to have them. A great, another, you know, another great team, another great championship team uh, to put in the roster there. Absolutely. Yep. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm completely sold on, on having uh, the team here uh, in the game. And, uh, you know, I, I have the great fortune uh, in my, in my legends fed of, of actually not having used the, the rotunda card yet. I, I used them in my, you know, kind of MMA sort of inspired fed, but I have not used them in my regular legends fed and I have not used Barry Windham yet in, in my legends. Oh. Fed. So uh, this is a perfect opportunity to bring them in as the tag team first uh, and then, you know, figure out what I want to do with them as singles. But of course, if you're already using them, you know, as singles, you know, there's still plenty of ways to, to get them into a tag team if you want to, um, or just, you know, look at the cards because they're pretty and save them for a, a later date. Uh, awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, of course, that's not all that's happening. We uh, also have the official uh, announcement for FTR returning in Q3 of uh, COTG Prime uh, with the reveal of Totally Awesome. Um, totally Awesome yeah. getting an update. Uh, super excited about this. Uh, really digging the art, um, which, you know, obviously we had a small hand in, in, in sort of directing, if you will. Uh, yeah. Um, and then Warner uh, created it for us, but um, it's, you know, we've been, it, it's funny because we talked so much and here's just kind of a, a little look behind the curtain. We talked so much upfront about what we wanted to do uh, with FTR and where we wanted to go that so many of the plans were kind of in place. And then truth be told after Q2, there was so much going on with the, you know, with the Galacticon and, and TNT and then, you know, prepping the the next round of teasers and sets and everything. And, and plus just, everything else that's happening uh, everything else in life us, yeah <laughs> uh, that that we kind of cooled off just a little bit uh, as far as you know having like constant conversations about ftr uh the nice thing is and and i don't know if you feel this way uh because at this point frankly you've done the bulk of the work it's now it's my turn to kind of like uh do some of the writing but uh i kind of feel like picking it back up has been super easy so i'm 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 really enthusiastic about you, you know authoring this next chapter and, and getting it out there for people so that they can see, um, you know, the cool stuff, uh, hopefully, uh, cool stuff that's, that's, <laughs> that's in store for them. And, you know, and starting off with an update for totally awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, totally awesome. I did not realize was the uh, first FTR character that Rob created. Um, and the, the only character that's still an FTR from that first set who, was still using that original card. So, but yeah, just kind of, he seemed like he really needed, uh, he needed uh, something there. And, and the storyline that, that we have for him this year, definitely, I think had necessitated, uh, you know, having, having that update. So yeah, more to come on that soon. Um, and then we kind of mentioned also, there is another tag team that, uh, we'll have some cards there. Um, uh in the set too you've seen have you seen the artwork uh you've seen the artwork for that i before, have right? seen so, the artwork yeah yeah it's interesting but to say yeah. the least uh you know uh matt dick and Disher had a hand in creating uh creating that uh you know kid you know there was you know an ongoing process back and forth with some different looks and stuff like that but it, it's really kind of fun how how they kind of came out and uh and they'll be an interesting addition uh to to ftr for sure 
as well. So yeah, well, you'll have to wait till you get your cards to see that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward uh, uh, to, to people getting their hands on them. And I think that it's worth, you know, kind of noting that with electric acts already having an update and then wanting to get totally awesome with an update um, that, that part of that is that, that we want Mad Maxis to, you know, to, to really, really, compete um at that sort of tag team main event level um yeah. and and with some of the other teams that that are out there it just felt like now was the time to to do that um yeah. and 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 the fact that we get to bring in a brand new tag team uh, as well courtesy of matt is uh is exciting so uh the you know the roster is is growing um we don't have any plans to have anyone exit just yet uh we we no. really want to to kind of build a bit and, and get the get the roster to be a little bit deeper um so uh look forward to to more additions down the road um and then of course that also brings us to indies prime uh last week when we had ty on we were able to reveal ava everett and devian as the names for two of the names for prime and the the third and final name uh for indies prime is midwest standout i mean damn near you could call him legend uh, at this point uh is jeremy wyatt and i am so excited that we're having this card uh produced at this particular point in time i feel like you know hot off the heels of the ipw set in july um it's just it's just perfect he is a guy that we would kind of talk about this very briefly in our interview with shannon um which was pre-recorded by the way i'm not looking into the future uh <laughs> we talk a little bit about the fact that there are guys out there and gals out there that have been able to just really make their career in total on the indie scene and yeah maybe they have a day job or or, or whatever but they haven't needed um you know to go to to wwe or, or or anywhere else they've been able to just make a career and a very good career um uh, off of the Indies, and I feel like Jeremy Wyatt is almost an unsung hero of the Indies. And, you know, by way of Chad Olson kind of introducing me to him. And I'd heard of him before, uh, mainly because I think I'd seen a match uh, uh, with him and Gary Jay, um, mm, who, yeah. who came out in um, um, the IWTV set that we did. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, Jeremy's just fantastic. And then getting to see him in person at the IPW show um, uh, in Waterloo uh, was was great. And uh, he he really does just, I think, operate on, um, uh, this is no offense to anyone else, but he operates on a level above um, a lot of, you know, really good, mind you, uh, indie workers. He's fantastic. And I'm so excited that that we're getting to release this card for him. Yeah, no, very cool. Uh, yeah, I definitely heard of him a bunch, but I hadn't seen too, too much of him until uh, recently. Uh, but yeah, super impressed by what he did at, you know, at IPW. And I, I know he's been a, you know, a huge part, uh, you know, working with them. And I think that was a big reason we wanted to include him in the set in the, in these prime now uh, to kind of go with your IPW fed. If you're, if you're doing an impact pro uh, promotion, I think he's a perfect addition to that. So that's what we want to get him out right away. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and he he'll fit in any indie fed, you know, without a doubt uh, there, you know, and, and all you have to do is just look at all the places that he's, he's wrestled, um, you know, whether it's uh, here in Illinois, for instance, or, or Iowa or Missouri or Kansas, uh, you know, even going on some, you know, trips down to uh, like Tennessee and Georgia and, you know, wrestling down there. Uh, in fact, just recently he was a part of the scenic city invitational um, tournament, mm-hmm. which, uh, uh, is, is, you know, fairly big deal, uh, uh, down South on the indie scene. So, um, yeah. Former podcast guest, uh, Dylan Hales helps run that every year. That's That's right. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'm thrilled with the Indies Prime lineup uh, for sure. I think that it's a really cool one. And, and you know, not to mention, of course, we got a, a great Legends lineup and uh, FTR. I think people really enjoy. So uh, Prime Prime is is, is really hopping uh, uh, this year. And I, I just feel like uh, I, I've said this before, but, you know, Prime really feels essential to me. And, and, and yeah. I know, you know, for a multitude of reasons, if you're not, you know, if you're not getting Prime or whatever, I totally get it, but uh, I, I would encourage anyone that, that can to, to to check it out and, and get that subscription because um, there's so many cool cards that get released that, that that fill you know interesting and unique spots. And some card, some of those cards, in my opinion, are, are like just unmissable. You know, I mean, on the legend side, I mean, my gosh, we've had like Eddie Gilbert and and and, and the spoiler, yeah. and you know what I mean, like names that to yeah, me, like yeah, this I is, just this yeah, the kangaroos this year, right? Right, right, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think yeah, this year, I will say just, you know, kind of, you know, from sales and history with it, this is the most popular year of Legends Prime in particular. Oh, um, nice. You know, for the year, like, yeah, we've already had to go back, you know, reprint, you know, what we've done for the first couple of quarters. Oh, wow. Uh, we've already gone through initial, but we have, you know, it's usually at the end of the year, we have to, you know, as soon as the year after, it keeps on creeping up in the calendar each year when we have to kind of recreate the legends <laughs> uh, ones there. And yeah, this, this one, we, uh, yeah, had to do it early. Uh, yeah. So, uh, which is great. You know, it, it, it tells you there's a lot of people super interested in it. And, you know, we're putting some good, good, good guys in there. I mean, we're putting a lot of effort into what, what goes into to legends prime. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, in all the prime, in all the prime. I mean, yeah, Indies, we put a lot of things there. And, and obviously, you know, with us focusing this year, making it, you know, the, even the last two years, making it so much more storyline based with FTR and everything being in prime. I, I think, you know, trying to make the Champions of the Galaxy prime that much more, um, you know, desirable as, as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of care put into the, into the pro prime, which is great. You know, this is what we kind of envisioned a number of years ago uh, with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and, and speaking specifically to COTG, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, this, this year, basically you're getting, you know, an entire like product, like an entire set basically by way of prime, um, um, you know, that, that is uh, the same as like, if you were, if you were to, to put in uh, the Kronos stuff, which, which obviously has been, you know, historically yep. a part of prime as well, or to do the centrist stuff, you know, purely through prime, as opposed to releasing individual sets that way. So uh, I, I think it's, you know, and I don't say this just because I'm, I'm a part of the creative team on it, but I just think it's a really cool way to kind of release something. And, and yep. again, keep, keep prime kind of fresh. Cause I know that with, yep. with, with the, the champion side of thing for a while, things for a while it was kind of you were getting cool stuff like the cards were really cool but they didn't necessarily always have a place Perfect, uh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it became more, initially right yeah, yeah. exactly exactly and then it became more clear and, and and they were integrated into into other things but um but yeah i i i think um i'm glad to hear that because i think that it's well it's well worth it and it's it's deserving uh of that um yeah. Of course, we we also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some some sad news um, that uh, came out this week. Um, f- not only because, of course, a card was was recently released in color in the TNT set, um, but just because I think uh, the landscape of professional wrestling today owes so much to him, and that, of course, is the passing of Antonio Inoki. Um, you know, being a, a big New Japan pro wrestling fan uh, and, and and just a fan of wrestling history in general, Inoki is one of those names that ha- has not only left an indelible mark, you know, in the ring, but behind the scenes as well. And I think that it's it's a it's a rich 
history, uh, to say the least, uh, that there, that there are uh, a lot of, a lot of positives, but there are some negatives as well. Um, and, and, and I'm not here to create a hackography of, of Inoki in light of his passing. I mean, there were definitely some mistakes that he made along the way. Uh, and I think that I would certainly say that Giant Baba was the better booker and businessman overall, but Inoki was one of the greatest promoters of professional yes. wrestling in history. Um, he, you know, he was able to take new Japan pro wrestling, you know, in 1972, um, and, and, and build it into, uh, you know, almost at the time that he left an international brand. Um, and, and, and the, the work that he had done to make sure that new Japan pro wrestling, um, that there was an awareness for new Japan pro wrestling across the world and not just in Japan, I think was unique. Um, and something that uh, was not, it was not necessarily Baba's forte, uh, to say the least. And of course, In Inoki got his start, um, kind of as a protege of Ricky Dozan. Um, he was, you know, he was only 17 years old, uh, when he started, um, he was living in Brazil at the time. Um, and it ended up, you know, moving back to Japan, uh, which is, you know, where he was born uh, and, you know, immediately started working for the JWA with Ricky Dozen. He, he trained uh, under Carl Gotch um, and uh, he, you know, became fast friends with Baba early on. Uh, you know, he and Baba formed a tandem, the B.I. Cannon, which which was, I mean, just no doubt the most popular uh, uh, tandem and, and the two most popular Japanese wrestlers uh, in, in the continent, in the country, excuse me, um, um, after Ricky Dozen's passing. Uh, when the split came and, you know, and the JWA died uh, and, and, and they kind of had their, you know, their differences of, of opinion. And, and honestly, part of uh, what happened between them and Noki was, he was not always honest. He was not always on the up and up when it came to, to finances. And uh, that would come into play later with New Japan. Uh, but that said, he founded New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1972. Um, he, uh, he did whatever he could to not only put himself on the map, but to put the promotion on the map. And he did that, of course, by bringing in names, uh, you know, like Carl Gotch. He wrestled Carl Gotch. He wrestled Luthez. Um, you, you know, he... he wanted to to bring a legitimacy um to professional wrestling it's one of the reasons why you know the new japan had that king of sport uh, um moniker um which still has to this day uh and i think he he saw as a point of pride that you know he wanted people to believe uh in what they were doing and i think that you know, it, it, it got away from him towards towards the end in, in the 2000s. Uh, but for the bulk of the 80s and and, you know, into the mid 90s, New Japan Pro Wrestling was was without a doubt the most popular promotion in Japan. Um, you know, mm -hmm. frankly, it was one of the most popular promotions in the world. If you looked at it from a global scale, certainly we weren't connected as we are today. Um, and and I think that one of the interesting things that he was able to do uh, was craft a a truly spectacular heavyweight division and junior heavyweight division. Um, and there's no doubt that the junior heavyweight division from the late eighties into the, you know, into the late nineties, that, that decade there, uh, was, was one of the most influential uh, divisions in professional wrestling history. Um, you know, some of the wrestlers that came out of that, some of the wrestlers that, 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 you know, went over there, uh, on excursion, whether it's, you know, somebody like Eddie Guerrero or, or Owen Hart, um, or, or of course, uh, um, 
Yeah, I'll say his name, Chris Benoit. I mean, I, I think that 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 the the, the people that you can came say out there, Pegasus, it's fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think that you know, I think that that there's just so much to be said, uh, and and even going back even further than that, of course, we're you know, uh, not to. Um, Discount, of course, the influence of Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask uh, and and and, and uh, Rollerboy Rocco. I mean, the the, the yeah. thing is, is like that that division in particular always shined and, and was revolutionary. Uh, you know, from the early '80s um, on and through to to the '90s. But of course, you know, with the heavyweight division, you had uh, a huge, huge names uh, like Masahiro Chono and Shinya Hashimoto, and then of course, a name which has been on a lot of people's lips recently. And and he's in the the you know the the final era of his career is, is of course the the great Muta and, and Kaiji Muto. I mean, the, the you know that character um, as well as the man behind the character and the wrestler behind the character, uh, you know, was one of the most iconic performers uh, in wrestling history um the, the the fact of the matter is that Zanoki was not always a great businessman and uh the word embezzlement has been brought up many times uh and 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 new japan pro wrestling in spite of its popularity in spite of how well it was doing almost went out of business a number of times uh but he was able to kind of come in at the last minute and help save the day uh, and keep things going um and but uh, it wasn't just restricted to wrestling he was so popular in japan that he, he ended up he, he was a member of the japanese senate you know what i mean like yeah, he, he negotiated the release of hostages with Saddam Hussein, you know, in the nineties, he, he planned the biggest wrestling show ever in Korea, right. You know, he wrestled Ric Flair in front of 160,000 people. Like it, you know, he, he had an incredible career. I mean, that, that, that speaks nothing of, of course, the promoting the, the wrestling versus boxing match with Muhammad Ali, um, which if you haven't seen it, you don't really need to waste your time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not great. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is that Inoki also, I think, saw the the rise and the popularity of MMA, and he wanted to incorporate that more and more into New Japan Pro Wrestling. He had an appreciation for it, you know, going back to his early days. I think that that was something that he always wanted to incorporate more and more into New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think it's the reason why he was so open to bringing in the UWF and UWFI guys. And it's the reason why in, you know, in the late 90s and early 2000s, frankly, much to the detriment of New Japan Pro Wrestling, he tried to incorporate more and more of that in there, and it, it, it unfortunately it made a lot of his wrestlers look bad, um, and a lot of the MMA talent that he brought in didn't have the charisma to carry you know, to carry a company. Uh, and, and it was a struggle there for a while. And when he bowed out of new Japan in 2005, uh, the company really kind of needed a, a bit of a, a rebuild and they were extremely lucky that one of the people that they were able to kind of hitch their wagon to was Hiroshi Tanahashi. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. Uh, that mm -hmm. said, Inoki's presence never stopped being felt, you know, I mean, he was shown in all of the IWGP, you know, video packages before matches. Um, he, he was, you know, he was a presence even in spite of not no longer being, you know, the owner or the head of the company. Um, he was, you know, he was a brilliant wrestler. I, I think that one of the things that's amazing to me about Inoki is for, for all the matches that he had for all the, you know, crazy kind of headline things that he did. I always go back to his matches with Andre the Giant as being proof of how good he really was. And the reason why I say that is because if you watch any of the matches that he had with Andre, he not only made you believe that Andre was a monster, but he made you believe that he could beat him. And, mm -hmm. and yes, you can level a lot of criticism at the finishes of those matches. You know, there weren't, there weren't a lot of clean finishes and Inoki was always looking to protect himself or put himself over, but, but the way that he carried himself in the ring with Andre and the way that he wrestled against Andre, I thought was always uh, just a testament to his quality as a professional wrestler. Um, and I think that honestly, he was able to kind of play off that in some ways when he, you know, when he retired and, you know, and, and had uh, one of his final matches against, um, 
uh, 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 Big Van Vader. Um, so I, I think that um, the legacy of Antonio Inoki is, is one that any wrestling historian is already aware of. And, and if you're not, uh, I, I certainly would encourage you to, to go back and, and not just watch his matches, which you should do, um, but read about the... Um, the, you know, the way that he promoted, the way that he carried himself, the way that he saw wrestling as being something that could bring people together genuinely, like, you know, not to sound touchy feely, but he believed that professional wrestling was a way to bring people together, uh, to, to, to bring people into a peaceful coexistence, um, you know, by, by kind of giving them their, 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 their bread and circuses, uh, by way of, you know, this athletic competition between, between two, uh, incredible athletes. And he was absolutely an incredible athlete. Um, you know, he, uh, I think another testament to just how well respected he was and how um, New Japan Pro Wrestling was important even early on in its formation is that in 1979, Bob Backlund dropped the WWF title to him. Um, it's, it's, it's not a title change. I believe that's recognized, uh, by Although WWF. Corey Graves apparently did refer to it uh, on Monday, which, uh, you know, probably yeah. happened, uh, I mean, a couple months ago, but <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, I think that, um, yeah, I think that, uh, while he had certainly, you know, faded from public life over the past few years and, you know, was no longer, maybe quite the, the ever present figure that he had been at one time, um, for, for a myriad of, of health related reasons, uh, that his impact, uh, was still felt he was still being talked about. I mean, anytime that I would be talking new Japan with anyone, you know, Inoki's name inevitably would come up at some point. Um, and I, I think that even though the way he did it, uh, didn't work, uh, and might have been ill-advised in a lot of ways. His ideas for, you know, infusing professional wrestling with more, you know, MMA and and, and kind of like the, the the suddenness of MMA, the strikes, the you know, I mean, he he created strong style basically. You know, he's 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 one of the progenitors of fighting spirit. Like so many of the terms that we throw around and we use these days are because of Antonio Inoki, and so I think his impact and his legacy will continue to be felt for many many years and generations. Um, and and he's he's a guy that. I, I think um, belongs in, in any and every hall of fame. Um, and I think is someone that, uh, um, I, you know, his legacy is, is complicated in some ways, but ultimately mm-hmm. um, I, I think that it, it, it's one that will stand the test of time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of hall of fame, you know, it was great to be able to do that card for him in the TNT hall of fame set this year. Um, yeah. What Justin, a great card. <laughs> it was a great card. Yeah. I'm glad I got that. I got that one in the tournament. It was really neat, but uh, yeah, no, just yeah, absolutely historical legacy is amazing. I mean, uh, he was, I mean, he able to work with everybody, you know, he worked with WWF and WCW and Iraq and North Korea. I mean, like <laughs> he could work with anybody. It was amazing. Um, I think one of the other, you know, I've seen so many different videos that, you know, some I've seen before, some I hadn't, uh, it's just some of the ones that stood out. Obviously, the stuff with Vader towards the end was really interesting, kind of seeing everything with that. Uh, yeah. And then the other one that really kind of caught my eye was the 
the large line of people coming down to be slapped in the face by Anoki. Uh-huh. I think it was right. Was it New Year's uh, 2000 or something, something around maybe some, some New Year's or something like that. It was to, so he can infuse the fighting spirit into all these people. And it was yeah. just amazing watching it just like slap the crap out of all these guys. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think that, 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 that's just a, I, it's so unique, you know, yeah. kind of what he was yeah. able to to generate. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I mean, you, you look at some of the wrestlers that he trained, you know, some of the wrestlers that he passed things on to and the impact that they've had on the business, uh, you know, uh, names like, of course, uh, Satoru Yosayami, the first Tiger Mask, um, Hiroshi Hase, Kaiji Muto, uh, Chono, uh, uh, Nobuhiko Takada. I mean, Takada had a huge impact on the business in the 90s. Uh, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. I mean, Fujinami is probably, sure. you know, one of the greatest wrestlers who's ever come out of Japan. Uh, uh, and, and, and again, you know, just being responsible for, for, for that guidance and that training, um, you know, and even, I mean, even to this day, like, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, the Kinshasa uh, is 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 a takeoff of the the Bomaye, which was you know, of course Inoki's in uh, um, kind of rallying cry uh, uh, with the the, the Ali um, uh, match and everything. So I mean, you know, to this day, you've got somebody in WWE, you know, who, who pays tribute to them with uh, with That's the great. name of their finisher. So. Um, yeah, I, 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 we've said we've said enough. I mean, you could you could fill an entire podcast just talking about Inoki and still not cover everything. But um, yeah. I, 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 you know, I felt like it, it was it was our duty in a way to talk a little yes. bit about him. And I hadn't said Absolutely. anything. I hadn't said anything, you know, on the boards or Facebook or anything about it because I just knew that that this would be this would be the venue to do that. And this would yeah. be the, you know, the avenue to, to talk about him. So um, yeah. uh, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to do it. Um, and uh he, you know may he may he rest in peace absolutely rest in peace well should we get to our main event then let's do it uh the opposite of peace um is definitely <laughs> combat zone wrestling uh czw of course has been around uh i believe the company actually got it started and ran its very first show in 1999 um yeah. uh, although the you know the promotion proper uh i, I think that they kind of trace their history back to sort of that um uh you know 2001 2002 period as you know when yeah. they when they you know kind of branded themselves as being the the you know the kind of the new ECW if you will um and uh the company has had an interesting history to say the least lots of ups and downs uh throughout uh the course of of of, of the company's history they've produced some incredible talent some incredible names have come through there some incredible names have trained at their dojo uh you know adam cole uh, mjf i mean just to just to name a couple that are that are kind of out there right now names that have come through there that that uh you know didn't necessarily train there, but did a lot of work there and gained a lot of notoriety there include, uh, John Moxley. Um, so, I mean, it's a company that, that has always had incredible talent, uh, uh, come through the door and, 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 and it's a company that's, that might be in some ways recognized for the death matches, but is not defined by that. And that's something yeah. that, that we talk about a little bit with Shannon. Um, and I, I think during the pandemic, one of the things that happened, of course, is that the company really did went on, you know, went on a freeze and they didn't do anything for about two years. And there was a big question about like, what's going to happen. Um, and, and coming out of the pandemic, you know, last November, 
almost exactly a year ago, uh, and, and starting to, to put on shows again, produce shows again, uh, there, there was a bit of rebranding. I mean, literally the, you know, the logo changed there, you know, the roster was very different. Um, and, and sort of the division, uh, between sort of that pure wrestling and the deathmatch wrestling became a little bit more stratified. Uh, and, and I think the company is in a very unique and interesting position. And as they get ready to produce, you know, really what is kind of their legacy show in so many ways, the tournament of death, uh, it's a really interesting time for the company and to have the opportunity to talk with Shannon who does their talent relations and PR amongst uh, many, many other things uh, was, was was a great chance for us to, to dig into not only the history of the company, but talk about where the company's going. Um, yeah. And, and we have so many wrestlers in the game that, that not only have worked there, but work there right now. Uh, so it just was a perfect fit. And, and, you know, we jumped at the chance to, to chat with her. So we hope you enjoy our conversation uh, with Shannon and we'll be back right after the interview to wrap things up here at roll up. All right, so here we are, uh, your co-hosts, Todd Jorschel and Sam Fain, and we are joined by Shannon Hunter from CZW, also does work with XPW as well. Uh, Shannon, hi, how are you? Hi, guys, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, As soon as I saw your tweet about, you know, wanting to have conversations about Tournament of Death and about CZW, uh, I just I hopped on it. I was like, I want to do that. We should absolutely do that because Phil Singer Games, of course, has released five uh, CZW uh, themed sets Um, going back. The first one was released. When was that, Todd? I mean, it's been a while, right? Like 2000. (sighs) Yeah, I think about <laughs> 10 years ago or so. Yeah, like maybe, even, maybe yeah, even more yeah. than that. Uh, yeah, and maybe. then uh, just last year did a Best of the uh, Indies Deathmatch uh, set as well. Um, and one of the names in that set or invite is in uh, the Tournament of Death this year. So uh, I'm, I'm just thrilled to have you here. I'm so excited to be able to talk about CZW and, and the year uh, that you guys are having as well as the Tournament of Death. Uh, but first, I wanted to start off by asking, so you mentioned before we started recording that the Tournament of Death, which is October, October 29th um, is your 24th anniversary in professional wrestling. That's correct. Yes, it is. It is my 24th professional wrestling. Yeah. The exact day. Yes. Wow. And so how did you get your start? So um, I am originally from Buffalo, New York, but I moved to uh, New York city to get my master's at Columbia university. And, um, did that, I was still in my early 20s and I was looking for more of a social outlet because I was going to school with people who were a lot older than me. So I was calling around to um, wrestling schools in the area because I loved wrestling and um, seeing if, you know, maybe they needed, you know, some help or, you know, something like that. I didn't really know, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I found uh, a school and a wrestling company in Bayonne, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, which you're smiling, so you know exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> and uh, I named Frank Idavia, picked up the phone. And uh, I said, you know, I'm here in New York and I just moved here. And I said, you know, I'd like to come help out. And he said, well, what can you do? And I said, well, what do you need? And he said, well, what can you do? And I said, well, I can take pictures. And he said, well, come, <laughs> come down and we'll take you a look at you. So I went to Bayonne, New Jersey and get to this old abandoned supermarket in Bayonne, New Jersey, that was next to this bar. 
And Twisting in the Wind was this plastic banner that said Jersey All Pro Wrestling. (laughs) Uh, And then I met Fat Frank and he broke me into the business. And that was in 1999. And uh, that's how I started my career. And at Jersey All Pro, I met Homicide. And Homicide and Low Life Louie and a whole bunch of other people said, well, you know, you're in New York. Why don't you come down to the doghouse? And um, so then I, I did that. And, uh, you know, Bobby Lombardi sort of adopted me as well. And uh, so I spent the first couple of years of my career going from Jersey All Pro in the doghouse. And then at those places, I met Jason Knight, who sort of then became Mm. my mentor. Um, And he was the person who um, sort of trained me how to run a wrestling company. And, um, and so Jason, um, when he started his wrestling company, Assault Championship Wrestling in Waterbury, Connecticut, brought me, um, to Waterbury and said, okay, now you're really going to learn because you're going to help me run my company. And, uh, so I, I moved from, from New York, in New York and then went into New England and then I started working for Jason and um, I worked for Off of the Wild Samoan a little bit. And, um, you know, I worked, uh, you know, for a lot of different people in New England, uh, was around Tony Rumble a little bit, you know, just tons and tons and tons of different companies. And then after a while, I stopped being a photographer and, um, Became a ring announcer. And then from there, uh, Rock and Rebel, the infamous Rock and Rebel, um, <laughs> um, said, you know, you're you're way too talented to just ring announce. And at the time, Rebel had a school called Blackball. And um, Chuck said, you know, I have this environment where you can learn. And he said, you know, I'm just going to throw you out there to manage. And, <laughs> you know, we're not really going to, to train you formally. I'm just going to throw you out there to manage. And I'm going to sit out here and I'm going to call audibles if you fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got trained. You know, um, he would call audibles. And the first time I ever got bumped was by Nate hatred in front of a live audience. And, you know, Nate, God rest him, choke slammed me in front of a live audience. And that was the first bump I ever took. And, you know, like that, that's, you know, kind of been sort of like the MO of my whole career, but like, (laughs) um, you know, um, I, sometime in the mid two thousands, I went to work for Pinky Flamingo at world professional wrestling in Redding, Pennsylvania. Um, And, um, after a while he was having issues and said to me and fast Eddie Valentine, also from CZW classic CZW, Mm -hmm. um, guys like to buy the company. And we looked at each (laughs) other and said, absolutely. So Eddie Valentine and I bought the company and we owned it for several years until, um, you know, Eddie was having some personal issues and we, we ended up 
um, happened to take a hiatus and, um, and then I just, you know, went to work consulting for some other companies and, uh, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And, um, and then when the pandemic happened, I started, uh, doing some remote work for some people, um, met the guys from paradigm, um, fell in love with them, um, started promoting their product. Um, you know, just, just did a lot of different stuff online for people and, you know, um, did a lot of PR for people and, and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, just started reaching out in the deathmatch community. Cause again, I had started in deathmatch because, uh, both Jason's company and JP were deathmatch companies. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. And so, you know, I started, you know, working with the deathmatch community over the, over the pandemic, um, and started making connections. So, um, I, I made connections in the deathmatch community and, uh, what ended up happening was, uh, you know, I did some shows in Tampa for, I think it was like 2021 or so, um, WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And then once, once that was over, uh, DJ and I, DJ Hyde and I connected and he said, you know, we're CZW is going to be coming back. And, uh, you know, would you like to come work for me? And I said, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so DJ and I have been friends for over 15 years. And, um, you know, I have, again, I worked, you know, with Eddie Valentine at WPW and I have managed Corey Castle over the years. And, um, you know, I, was close with Z-Bar and Nick Burke and, um, you know, have a deep, deep affection for Justice Payne. I worked with him mm. in Delaware um, at a company called DCW that Jeff Rocker and I um, started. And um, so, you know, there's a, and, and I was also very close to Trent Acid and Johnny Cashmere. Mm. Um, we worked together at, um, JP and then I worked with them at PWU when it was in the old smaller building um like when they first started before they went into the arena yeah um, so you know a lot of personal connections for me at CZW so for me you know coming to CZW is sort of a labor of love because um I want this company to be successful because so many people that I really love, loved and valued work so hard to build it. And I don't want their work to be in vain, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's important to me. And anytime anybody has asked me why I took this job, that would be the overarching thing that I would say, you know, so many people that I really valued that I really loved worked so hard to build this place. And I want to make sure that their legacy, um, is maintained. Um, and, and that's, 
that's really the most important thing for me. I, I think that's wonderful, though, because you know one of the things as you were mentioning, you know, names, uh, of course, is unfortunately so many of those names aren't aren't with us anymore. Um, and I think you know you're absolutely right that there's there is a legacy that that has been built, and and you know we're here in 2022, and you look back, you know, when when you got your start, like none of what we're really about to talk about tonight existed, and so the fact that it, it still does now, you know, after you know 20 plus years in some instances, uh, I, I think. Is is a testament to the work that was put in. So I, I really appreciate that. Like as, as a fan, as, as someone that you know has, has followed along, I, I really appreciate the fact that you know as much as you love wrestling and want to do this, a part of the you know the impetus for it, of course, is to maintain that legacy. I think that's really cool. CZW. So next year will be CZW's twentieth anniversary. This is nineteen. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, there's just so much has gone into, you know, so much work has gone into it for so many years. And I think, you know, and and I don't know if you saw my tweet stream that I put out. I think it was I did. either Saturday or Sunday. You know, CZW isn't just about one person or, you know, a couple of people. There is so much work and legacy and so many people who whose lives are intertwined with this organization that you know I get angry whenever anybody's like well it's this guy or that it's really not it's it's so many different people and so much had to happen for these 19 years to have happened and for us to get to this moment where we are right now. And, um, you know, everybody played a part in it and everybody is still playing a part in it, you know, from the, the guy holding the camera to the world champion. And I think that that's the most important thing that fans need to hold on to, you know, when they, when they step, foot through the door or they turn on the show. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me that a, a company that, you know, obviously, you know, rightfully so kind of prides itself on, on the blood and guts, but also I think, you know, really the past 10 years or so kind of shifted, uh, not shifted away from that, but was able to incorporate more kind of like that pure wrestling ethic as well and focus on younger talent and bringing people in. Uh, and, and, you know, we've certainly seen some of the crowds be pretty rowdy and, you know, and, and, and really just, you know, thirsty for the blood. Uh, but that now, you know, talking about that legacy that you have fans that have been around for 15, you know, almost 20 years. And, uh, I think that there's, there's a point of pride, uh, uh, for the fans that have been there the whole time to be able to, to understand that the people that are so committed to the company now, one of the reasons that they are committed is because they're, they want to honor that past and that legacy and the people that of course have been there since day one. Uh, and some of those people who might not be with us any longer. Uh, I, I think that it's just, it is, like I said, it's an exceptional thing to do because a lot of times in wrestling, you know, we, we stop to take a moment to, to, to pause and honor, you know, a fallen hero or, or whatever. Uh, but then it's back to business as usual when, from what we see from, from big companies. Um, so to have a company that, that, it, you know, to me, it sounds like, you know, certainly with, with your work that you are really wanting to take this, this new direction for CZW and, and use it as a way to, you know, to honor the, the hard work of all those that have come before. Um, and I, I, like I said, I just really appreciate that. And I think that a lot of people uh, hopefully will, will take notice of that because it's something I think that is genuinely unique. Um, you know, I mean, when the biggest company in the world is just so focused on 
what they're going to do, you know, 15 minutes from now, and they don't care about what they did 15 years ago. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to hear. One of the things that I would like to emphasize about CZW moving forward, and I think this is something that people have been really worried about um, as we have come back, is that we are not moving away from deathmatch. That's not something that we're doing. There are there is a separation, not a moving away from. So think of it as a wishbone. And the the center is CZW, right? And here is the things that you've been seeing from CZW, you know, Limelight and the studio shows. Mm-hmm. And these are the deathmatch, you know, um, TOD and COD and um, UVU, right? Yeah. It's all CZW, but it's two separate divisions. And so that's how we perceive things moving forward. Now, there may be shows where, where we put them together. But for the most part, you are going to see this. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's kind of a, a cool idea, too. And, and I love the fact that it allows you to put the emphasis on a specific thing, you know, as opposed to, to, to having it kind of all mixed together, which is fine. I'm not saying there's anything against that. But I think it's really cool to be able to focus on kind of that. You know, here's kind of our pure wrestling. Here's our deathmatch wrestling. And then every once in a while, we can, you know, put it together in the pot and see what happens. And it's also fun because sometimes the audiences don't enjoy being mixed because there are sometimes that the audience really just wants to see a whole deathmatch show. And they're not really interested in seeing these other these other athletes or these other matches. And then, you know, sometimes, as you may see with like the limelight shows in Maryland, people just want to bring their kids and mm. they don't want to see these other matches or they can't. Right. So, you know, like that's why I think the division really helps sometimes because we may be able to enjoy, uh, we, we may be able to have two separate audiences enjoy our product. Um, I think that that, I mean, I think that that's really smart because one of the things that we were talking briefly about before we started recording is the fact that I I feel like right now, and and it sounds so cliche because it's said about everything from, you know, politics to entertainment, et cetera, is is that there's such a dividing line between fans, you know, whether it's like old school, new school or or, or whatever. In this case, certainly deathmatch fans and non-deathmatch fans. And the thing is, is that as opposed to it being a case of like deathmatch fans, just go enjoy what you want to enjoy. It might not be for me. It's, 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 it seems that these days, especially the more vocal members of the non-deathmatch fan community, all they want to do is talk about how awful it is, how it's, you know, how it shouldn't be, you know, even considered wrestling. Um, so I think it gives you the opportunity to, to appeal to those two different sets of fans. That said, what would you say to those fans that, you know, that are out there tearing something down as opposed to allowing others to just build it up and enjoy it? One of the th- <laughs> one of the things that bothers me the most is, oh, you did that in front of 20 people for no money. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. <laughs> Deathmatches are the most expensive thing anybody ever does. Okay? Mm-hmm. Number one. Because these are the highest quality athletes in the business, number one. Number two, deathmatch is drawing more people hand over ass Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> than a regular. <laughs> and not just at CZW, everywhere. Yeah. So I don't want to hear that homeboy stabbed somebody in front of 20 people. I guarantee you there was 500 people there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there. because deathmatch is drawing out, drawing everything. Deathmatch saved the industry during the pandemic because Deathmatch was the only thing smoking. Mm -hmm. That was Demanto, that was Lauderdale, that was a lot of the smaller companies. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. That is the one thing that drives me freaking crazy. These people are well paid, they're treated well, the crowds are rabid and they're full. And and the the whole bullshit about how they're not at like like nobody's even paying attention to that anymore. Right. You know, you cannot throw a stone at one of these like nobody nobody is nobody is a a, a fat asshole anymore. Like that just <laughs> you know like, or invite looks like you know um an MMA fighter. Oh yeah, yeah. he's ripped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? you're, you're right. It's so many of these guys. You know, you look at them now, and 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 they are. I mean, they just look like athletes. They look like people that are training to do this. That they have, you know, they have stamina and endurance. They're not, you know, they're not blown up after two minutes of throwing chairs or whatever. It's it's incredible the level of talent I and mean, athleticism. Necro survived. Stage <laughs> yeah, and he. Somebody said, somebody said to me in DJ that he's having better matches now mm. than he his heyday. I mean, I that, can't, I, yeah, I can't wait to see at one point due to the lymphoma, he was like, he was in a wheelchair and the fact that like, he's come back from that and he's doing this is it's incredible. Necro just Necro just said on his Facebook that he was down to 165 pounds. He's now up to 281. Wow! Wow! Man, I, I I just I've always enjoyed his work, and I feel like he was able to set himself apart in a time when, quite frankly, there were a lot of, as you said, fat assholes out there just you know getting bloody and, and throwing stuff at one another. Uh, and he was able to set himself apart, and I think a lot of that had to do with his work ethic. And you know, he he went in there and he found his thing, and he did it so well that. You know, all the people that wanted to work with him, even folks that weren't doing death matches. And I, I mean, you always you can just point to Samoa Joe as being like a guy that's like Samoa Joe wanted to work with Necro Butcher because he saw something different. And they ended up having, I, I mean, one of the best matches of the past 20 years, as far as I'm concerned. Necro is a superior athlete. He was then and he is now. I don't know if you had the pleasure of seeing him versus Hoodfoot. No. Um, Oh, oh, I really can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I need to check that out. It was, yeah. it was at XPW. You really have to seek it out. It was an absolutely beautiful match and everybody loved it. Um, and uh, that was one of my, one of my favorite matches of the past like couple of years. And uh, it, it was, it was absolutely outstanding and exceeded all expectations. And uh, it really, that was what solidified for me that we needed Necro for this tournament. 
Yeah. So uh, we're going to get it a little bit out of order here because I mean, I believe it or not, I did have questions planned, but, but you know, speaking about the, the, the tournament, I know, right. Speaking about the tournament, like I think it's such a great roster that, that that's been assembled. And one of the things that you pointed out earlier before we started recording is, is that, you know, Mickey Knuckles has been in the tournament before, but to <laughs> this point, like she's the only woman that's ever participated in the tournament and this is going to be her second right. go around. So you right. have, I, I feel like you have between Necro Butcher being in the tournament uh mm-hmm. and, and mickey knuckles being in the tournament you have like some really interesting and again it kind of honors the legacy i think uh, that, that both of them have been able to establish uh mm-hmm. and the time period that they came from initially with czw uh and then you've got like some really cool like exciting you know younger talent you know we've already mentioned or invite like I, 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 can you talk a little bit about each of the entrants in this year's tournament sure so um you know, we'll, we'll start with Necro. I feel like I wanted Necro because Necro has something to prove. And not only does Necro have the legacy, but Necro has something to prove. And we wanted to give him the opportunity to do that. Um, and then also the fans want to see him. And, um, you know, we wanted that legendary person and he just really felt like to me, the guy, you know, Um, he really, he really was the person he, he was, he was really the person that I really wanted. And I was just so excited that, that we, that we were able to get him. Um, for Mickey, we had a couple of women in mind. Um, and Mickey was really the first choice. (laughs) Um, you know, we were crossing our fingers and toes that she would say yes. And thank God that she did. Um, she has been outstanding to work with so far. And, you know, I haven't, you know, I talked to her a lot online, but I haven't gotten to meet her in person yet. And I'm just so excited to, to get to work with her. Um, you know, her and DJ have worked together before. So, you know, um, but we also wanted to, to give her the opportunity to come back to CZW and, and to, to work this group of people because she hasn't really gotten that opportunity. Um, we haven't announced any of the first round matches yet, but we'll be doing so later this week. And um, awesome. the person that she's working in the first round, she's never worked before. Nice. Um, and so we're very excited for that. And what and, just, we'll hit this again at the end, but since we're talking about it right now, what's the best place for people to hear all the announcements? Um, Twitter, um, and, uh, also, uh, all of our, uh, socials on Facebook and Instagram. So just, uh, CZW wrestling on, um, uh, Facebook and, uh, Instagram as well. Excellent. Thank you. (laughs) Um, but, uh, and if you want to buy tickets for the show, CZWrestling.com. Fantastic. Uh, but so Mickey, we just wanted her to, she's been having a legendary run right lately. So, um, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to give her the ability to continue that legendary run with us. And we're just really fortunate to have her. Yeah. The next, 
go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. I was just going to say that I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that the, you know, the past year and a half or so for her has really just been, you know, kind of banner time and, and the work that she's been doing uh, has definitely gotten a lot of notice. And I think that uh, with, with the prestige that being involved in tournament of death can, can carry uh, I, I think that it is, it's a really nice capstone for, for this year in particular for her. So I wanted somebody international and my big choice was my, my first choice was big F and Joe. And <laughs> we're, again, fortunate enough that he was available. And, um, I love his character. <laughs> I love his presence. I love, um, what he brings to the table in terms of how different he is. Mm -hmm. He's so different from every American wrestler that we have both on the show and like everybody that we could have had on the show. So I think he brings something really different to the table. And I, that was why he was chosen. Um, I think it was really important to have somebody from overseas mm -hmm. i think you know we could have had a, a completely american field we discussed it um but i think it's important to not do that i think you know giving people from overseas an opportunity to show out um is is super important and there yeah. are tons of other people that you know in the future that we would love to work with shout out to the amazing joel bateman um from australia who i love so dearly and whenever that can work out for us we will absolutely be working with him but um you know i love joe and <laughs> i can't wait him. and um he was chosen for his immense presence and his uniqueness and um that first round match is going to be ridiculous. I can't wait to announce it. Um, nice. The, the next person is um, somebody that I personally asked and he dropped everything to come do the show. He actually was booked somewhere else. And oh, wow. he was like, give me five minutes. <laughs> dropped everything and that's insane lane oh nice so i said lane we need you you have to do it and he's like give me five minutes i just gotta call somebody real quick <laughs> and um so um so lane lane has worked so hard to sort of reinvent himself this past year and uh that was one of the things dj said dj was like i feel like i'm looking at a completely different wrestler and it's just so cool mm. you know like so cool and i can't wait to see him in tod as a different wrestler um and uh and I couldn't agree with that sentiment more. I mean, I, I love Lane's character. I love Lane as a wrestler. I love how Lane interacts with the audience, which I think is really different from a lot of other, especially deathmatch wrestlers, right? Because a lot of people do not 
put a lot of emphasis on their character, right? You know, they're very much about what they're doing in the ring and they're, you know, and that's great. But Lane is really, has really put a lot of emphasis on his character and how he interacts with the audience and the entrance and the gear and everything like that. And I think that sets Lane apart. And that's why I really said, I have to have you on the show. Um, so, um, I think, especially in a larger context like TOD, where, you know, he's going to have so many more people to play with and to, to really walk around in the audience and, and really feel the audience and, um, you know, streaming and things like that. I think he's really going to have a lot of fun and be able to, um, to really stretch and, and feel his wild oats with it. And, and I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sold. That's, I mean, I think that that's, that sounds fantastic. You know, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I think I appreciate too, the fact that like, you know, it, it feels like in this tournament that, that we've got such a broad range of ages as well. Like the performers, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, Necro's like almost, you know, 50 at this point and, you know, insane lanes in his forties. And so I, I think that that's really, really cool because, the truth is, is that there have been so many indie naysayers out there for years that have talked about like, you know, how it's not sustainable. It's, you know, all this, like you, you know, you're just working to either get to the big dance or you're not working at all. And the truth of the matter is, is there are people that have had careers that, that, you know, maybe they've got another job or whatever, fine. But at the same time, they've had notable careers that have taken place solely on the indies. And I think that that's fantastic. So the next person was a wild horse. All right. And we were criticized for booking. Um, and his name is Brad Cash. And so when we announced Brad Cash, um, I really took a lot of criticism mm. and people were like, you know, we don't like this announcement. A lot of people threatened to sell their tickets. And I'm like, what's behind this? I don't understand. And, you know, I appreciate the passion of the CZW fan base. And so like, I took it like, okay, you know, people are so passionate about this and they just don't, you know, they don't understand this person yet. But I, I, we felt really strongly about Brad. And the reason why is this, you know, we received some video of Brad and, um, we were just blown away and we said, we have to have this guy. We absolutely have to have this guy. Like there's, there's just no way, you know, we can get around it. And the thing, the thing for me about Brad Cash, and I, and I explained this to some of the fans because I don't know if you've perceived this or not, you know, I've been very interactive with the fan base um, on, on social media. And, and I did answer the question and I, and I even said this on some of the, on some of the boards on, on Facebook, I said, I'm not going to over explain because that is going to make it feel like I'm not confident in the decision that we made because I am. But what I will say is, you know, we have to cultivate the next generation coming up of deathmatch talent because, you know, it is a genre of wrestling that's hard on people's bodies. Right. Yeah. And so we have to, we have to give people like Brad cash, the opportunity to step up into that upper echelon here. 
because, you know, Necro's getting older, Lane's getting older, Alex Cologne's getting older, you know, Jimmy Lloyd's young, but you know, like he's, he's been wrestling for so many years, like it's hard on people's bodies. And so, you know, we have to give people opportunities and I know that he's not going to squander it. You know, uh, Brad Cash told a story that um, he will, we will tell um, moving forward in more detail, but, you know, he and a, a, a training companion of his got into death match because they, and wrestling in general too, because they watched TOD and, you know, the, the young man, passed away and they had always said that they wanted to do a TOD. And, you know, now years and years later, Brad gets to do this TOD. And I'm sort of like paraphrasing the story and I'm not telling it right, but, um, you know, eventually we'll get Brad to make a video about it, but, you know, it means so much to Brad to be on this show. And, um, we didn't even know that when we booked him. And so, you know, now for me, it's so much more important that he's, he's on this show and, um, it's so much more special. And I'm so glad that, you know, we get to, um, have him on the show and we know that he's going to show out and we know that everybody's just going to fall in love with him, you know, cause we're already in love with him. That's awesome. I, I love the, the idea of the opportunity. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, and, and, and to kind of like combat the naysayers, um uh, yeah that'll be really cool I'm, I'm looking forward to that so my next opportunity person was um a favorite person that I met in Tampa and then I saw them work quite a bit and I was like oh I just love this guy you know I said I, I gotta have him in TOD um and his name is Otis Coger mm-hmm. and you know, I think when you have another family member wrestling, it's very easy to get overshadowed, right? Yeah. Um, but there's something about this guy, and I think this is going to be his moment. And I just, I love everything about his work. I love his attitude. Um, I love his character. Um, he's just dazzling is the word I would use. Um, and I, he just hasn't been given the opportunity to really have that breakout moment where everybody's watching to really shine. And I really wanted to do that for him because I think he's truly, truly special, like a truly special generational talent. You know, like he could be like, a Matt Tremont or, you know, a, a Brandon Kirk or, you know, whoever he wants to be, but he has to be given the opportunity. And it, I feel like a show like TOD can give somebody like an Otis Coger that opportunity um, because everybody is, everybody is watching. Yeah. And it's, it's that moment. It's, well, it's that moment. It's kind of like with like, you know, PWG with Bola. It's the idea that like, it doesn't matter whether or not you win that tournament or not. Like you, you have a good showing, you know, you get that opportunity to go out there and wrestle, you know, just a banger of a match. 
people are going to pay attention. It doesn't, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter if you win or lose or whatever, fine. But uh, it, it's just the opportunity to be involved with the tournament period. And I think tournament of death is the same exact way. It's, you know, it's, it's like if you're in the tournament, it really doesn't matter if you win the tournament. It just matters if you go out there and, you know, you put on a hell of a show. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is, what did you do with that opportunity? And I think somebody like Otis Coger is really ready to, to make the most of the opportunity that he's being given here. And like, one of the big things for me is I want this show to be so huge for, for somebody like him, you know, like I want to sell as many tickets as humanly possible for him. Mm -hmm. I want the screen to be watched widely for him, for Brad Cash, you know, like for those guys, because like, yeah, we want to make money. That's great. But like, for me personally, like I will feel successful if those guys break out because of this show. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so our next person, it was my number one get, like <laughs> the person that I started jumping up and down when he said he was available, like literally jumping up and down in this room. <laughs> um, and his name was Bobby Beverly. Nice. Um, so Bev has had probably like, I, I don't want to, I, I don't know if I'm overstating it, but I'm probably not probably the best year in wrestling. I mean, Bev, uh, at least on the Indies, I mean, sorry. Um, Bev, Bev is having like an insane year. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I say that because, um, you know, Bev had done a little bit of hardcore and a little bit of death match, but Bev really has only started doing death match in the past year and a half or so. Right. Um, and he just, took to it and he's so incredible i mean just so talented just has a has a multitude of gifts as a wrestler anyway but like as a deathmatch wrestler he's just unbelievable and um you know and so bobby was somebody that i really wanted in tod i thought that he was somebody that had so much potential to really change the game in terms of like how the show would be perceived. Um, because I think there was a lot of, um, a lot of naysayers going, well, who is CZW going to get, you know? And uh, so Bobby, when when we were announcing people, Bobby was the first person that we announced. Yeah. Because Bobby has also, you know, been wrestling for so many years and he's very respected. And um, so it was very important to me that the first person we announced be somebody that I felt that the wrestling world in general was going to be excited by. And let me tell you, we almost sold out the first row just 
after announcing Bobby. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, yeah. He's, he's another guy though. I, I agree. I think he's great and has had, you know, these, these past couple of years in particular, just, you know, adding kind of the deathmatch style to his repertoire has been really interesting and exciting to see. And we actually released a card for him just recently. Um, and the cool thing is, is that we had, we'd actually had him signed to the game for a while, but the card hadn't, you know, lots of things go into planning sets hadn't been released yet. And when it finally got released, we were able to actually do like some deathmatch stats for him in addition to the regular stats because uh, he'd started doing that. And if we'd released the card when, when he was first signed, I don't think we would have been able to do that, would we, Todd? Yeah, pr- probably we wouldn't have done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> up on the death match. Yeah, we, we had done that deathmatch set last year and then you were doing the tag team set uh, this year and we're like, oh, this would be really great to put him and Eric Ryan in there and then have the tag team guys that could also do the deathmatch and really kind of mm-hmm. work with both sets. And yeah, it was really great to, to do... Uh, to do a card with, with Bobby and really cool to seeing everything he's been doing this year since we released that card even. Yeah. Um, so, so we were so excited to get Bobby and he's been so enthusiastic with us and, and so fun to work with. And, you know, I met Bobby in Tampa also, and he's just an absolute doll of a human being. And so I can't, you know, wait to get to work with him more on this project. And then the final person we have discussed a little bit, however, <laughs> let me tell you. So I have two favorite wrestlers right now, specifically in Deathmatch. One of them is Eric Ryan. And nice. you know, we we did we did call him, but he wasn't available. Um, but you know, we did say, hey, you know, we'll work with you in the future. We love you. And he was like, Yeah, absolutely. But um, the other one is Orin Vi. And um Orin was the very first person I contacted to do TOD. And um he he was not negotiable. <laughs> so I, I said to I said to DJ throughout this process, I said, I don't not that I didn't care who else we got, but I said, if we're gonna fight about people, okay, let's fight about people, but we have to have Lauren. Yeah. That's the one person I have to have. I have to have Lauren. So the when when I started this process of reaching out to people, I said you're you're on the show hang tight and then we'll build the rest of it around you um and that's basically you know sort of what happened um uh so he just i don't know what it is about him but i I, again met him in tampa and he wasn't really working but he was just like running cameras and you know (laughs) just doing all kinds of like nice stuff for people. And I'm like, God, this fucking guy is so awesome. (laughs) And, you know, then I'm watching him wrestle and I'm like, God, this fucking guy is so awesome. (laughs) And, um, I said, you know, in my, in the back of my head, I said, you know, I'm going to get into a position where I'm going to really do something great for him at some point, you know, and now I am just so proud to get to do that for him, you know, because he deserves it because he is so fucking awesome. And he's, he's a great human being. He is a great fucking wrestler and he deserves it. Um, and you know, what was cool was we announced everybody and we got to announce him last. And it was kind of like this 
fun day where like we had announced everybody and we had these cool little moments where, you know, we got to see the fans react to everybody. And then like, I had my little day where we announced Orin and like, everybody got very excited. And like a lot of people were like, well, there's your winner. There's your winner. And I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so it was like my little fun day, you know, where everybody got very excited about him. And I'm like, I'm very excited about him too. You fuckers have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Uh, this process has been excessively fun. Um, You guys asked, you know, when we were off offline, um, what my job is at CZW. So my job, I have several jobs. So my job is talent relations, which is why I have been so involved in the, the choosing of talent for, um, for TOD. Um, so again, like the wishbone, a lot of what I do is sort of congregated on the deathmatch side. Although I am at the regular shows, making sure that um, the, the, the regular talent is taken care of as well. Um, but a lot of what I do, especially more, um, more intensely is at the deathmatch shows. That's really why I was hired. Um, so, so there's that. Then there's also the PR arm of it. And you see me do a lot of that on social, you know, dealing with, concerns, dealing with questions, dealing with, um, trolling, dealing with, you know, (laughs) the gamut of it, ticketing, like, you know, all of it. Um, and when I am at shows, I do something that I call fan experience. Where's the bathroom? Where is the, um, you know, how, how do I, uh, how do I get tickets for the next show? Um, can so-and-so come and take a picture with my daughter? Um, I feel uncomfortable because of X. I mm. can't find my feet. Um, can I talk to DJ about why? Um, I'd like to sponsor the show. You know, things like that. So all of those things fall under the auspices of what I do, um, especially at live events. Nice. You need, you need you need people to do that for sure. Absolutely, that's <laughs> yeah, very very important. So that's well, great. yeah, and it's I mean it's the reason you're here, right? You know, yeah, the fact exactly. that that uh, uh, I mean that's a that's a part of your job. But you know, one of the things that's so great about this, and as you ran down the roster of Tournament of Death, is that clearly your passion for it, it it speaks volumes, and and you you know you have to have it. And so I would imagine that you know when putting together this this really cool you know roster of talent for just for Tournament of Death, much less you know regular shows which we'll talk a little bit about, but, uh, I, I imagine, I mean, you're watching a lot. Um, and, uh, and, <laughs> and, and, but before I ask you my question, I do just want to say that, you know, Oren was one of my favorite guys to research. Cause I, I ended up writing the bios for the booklet that accompanied the set that he was in, uh, was or invite because I didn't know a lot about him um, at, at, like when we released the set. And so uh, that was probably the most fun that I had in like, you know, researching somebody's bio and learning a little bit about them because uh, it just seemed like a stellar, you know, cool, cool person uh, as well as of course being a hell of a talented wrestler. I, I think that, you know, again, we were talking about this earlier. He's such a perfect example of someone that 
has so much talent and and is so athletic and brings so much to the table with you know the stuff that he does on the mat to the high flying stuff to you know all these little influences you know whether it's from Japan or lucha or whatever that he brings into the ring and then of course he kicks ass as a deathmatch wrestler as well um, and so I just feel like in, in in so many ways he really is kind of one of the perfect fusions so I can understand why people would say like oh there's your winner right there. Um, mm-hmm. Of course it gives you the opportunity to surprise as well but <laughs> you know what was really interesting like i always love so I, I don't know if you're on any of the facebook groups like the deathmatch facebook groups but um you know i had so much fun like as we were announcing combatants like people like trying to guess who the next person was and like you know people were trying to figure it out and like it was so funny because nobody was guessing right so we really Mm. surprised people with who we picked um i did have because I ran a contest and like, if somebody got anybody right, they, they won a prize pack. And we did have one guy from England or, or no, Ireland, I think it was, um, win a prize pack because he, he guessed that big F and Joe was one of the, one of the people. Yeah. And, um, and then towards the end, somebody guessed that, that Warren was going to be, um, one of the combatants but like people did not guess like people were guessing people that we thought of but then didn't end up going with but Mm. like you know like it was really interesting like people were not guessing and it was really and that was really fun because then we ended up really surprising everybody so that was really cool too yeah i mean i you know i was surprised the the thing is is i think that right now the deathmatch scene is is i mean it's, it's so deep that you've got uh, a, a great pool to draw from which kind of takes me back to the question i wanted to ask you you're watching a lot of stuff like you know even outside the tournament what kind of has, has, has stood out to you, uh, you know, talent wise, like, are there any specific names or, uh, you know, obviously don't want you to necessarily talk too much about the competition, if you will, but you know, any places that people should be paying attention to, um, you know, besides CZW, uh, I'm curious as to kind of what's on your, your, your plate right now, as far as what you're seeing out there. Okay. So Remington roar. Yeah. Um, so if we, if, if we could have gotten Remington, I would have put him in the tournament probably, um, and I, and I did say that on one of the boards cause people were asking about him. I love Remington. Um, nice. I love Dimitri. Um, mm-hmm. um, also if, if you're not watching Russian deathmatch, <laughs> you should be. Okay. Because they're fucking amazing. <laughs> um, I didn't know it was the thing. I gotta, I gotta check this out now. <laughs> Russian deathmatch. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> um, Nabiev, Alexei Nabiev is mm-hmm. the fucking man. And if we could have gotten him a visa, we would have, but we're, it's impossible right now. Wow. Um, so yes, yes, yes. Um, but, um, He's incredible. Um, but Russian deathmatch is the wave right now. Um, uh, Horror Slam is beautiful. Mm. It's, a, it's a great product. They're doing a lot of innovative shit. Um, I miss No Peace Underground, but they're coming back soon. Nice. Um, 
I, I really loved their product. Um, I, I will say I have always loved Time Bomb, but they've gotten away from Deathmatch a lot recently. Um, but it's still a beautiful product. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely beautiful product, but they, they have gotten away from Deathmatch. Um, trying to think. Um, I love Randy West. Gotta be honest. Like she's, <laughs> she's just one of my, one of my favorite um, deathmatch wrestlers. Um, would love to work with her in the next year or so. She's unbelievable. Um, I mean, there's, like you said, the pool is just so deep. There are new people that are like waving at me all the time that are like, hi, look at me. And I'm just like, I will look at you. Just give me a toy. <laughs> you know I mean? um you know there's there's just so many there's just so many interesting people that you know that are coming onto the scene that um that are that are absolutely incredible that that you know that just blow my mind um but but remington's incredible like he he's so underrated so underrated um and Dimitri is so underrated. The Carver of Cutter's Alley is so underrated. Um, you know, I think I think it's good that XPW is giving Schlack more of a of a forum because I feel like Schlack is a little underrated. Mm. You know, I think the Casanova Valentine is a little underrated. You know, um, you know, there's 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 so many absolutely outstanding talented workers out there that you know that that need to be given more of an opportunity to show out um yeah it's it's just unbelievable how how deep the the pool is out there you know um like that's why i want tod to be successful so that we can continue to do more deathmatch so that i can continue to book more people you know yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm taking notes as, as you're saying this stuff, because I think that it, it, there is so much out there that it's easy for things to, you know, to slip through the cracks. So that's, you know, that it's easy to have things that you might not, you know, be paying attention to. Um, and, and <laughs> Lord knows these days that there's only so many hours of the day with, you know, two kids and, uh, and, and getting ready to move and sell our place and all that sort of stuff that, you know, there's not a lot of time to watch wrestling, frankly. Um, and, and, and I think that one of the neat things that, that we've seen happen over the past, you know, you can probably go back like four or five years at least, but in particular, the past couple of years as, as companies have had to readjust and react to the pandemic uh, has just been a, a lot of talent stepping up, a lot of talent taking like the time to like really, you know, put their paces in and, 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 you know, you're seeing it all over the place. And there's so many folks that have just, you know, worked their asses off, especially over these past couple of years that, yeah, that, that pool is so deep. And it just means that there's a lot of really great stuff out there that you, you might not have the opportunity to pay attention to. Um, so, you know, with, with the pandemic, uh, you know, I mean, CZW, was was dark for you know basically two years um and you know coming back it definitely feels like there's you know a different vibe to to the company um Mm -hmm. 
the, you know, the roster that, that you guys have been using kind of regularly is, is incredibly diverse. Um, I love seeing mm-hmm. the representation, you know, with people of color, I, I think on the roster, cause I think it's incredibly important. Um, can you talk about, you know, finding that talent, bringing in the names that you're working with right now and sort of what the direction of the company, you know, in your mind, like what it is and maybe what it should be or could be. I think for DJ, it it has been really curated. I think he really sat down and thought like, what does each individual person bring to the table? And um, what I have noticed is that he's having really detailed individual conversations with everybody and, you know, talking to them about their aspirations and, you know, where do they fit in the company and um, their characters and, and all of that and giving them a lot of individualized attention, which, you know, probably a lot of companies are not able to do, or they're not getting other places, which I think is a benefit. And, um, you know, we did have uh, something called a scouting combine, which um, people from all over the country were able to submit resumes and tape and DJ watched them and chose people that he thought would be good. And then they came to um, a two day combine. The first day was sort of like a training session where, you know, they went through training exercises. And then the second day, um, you know, was half a day of training and the nighttime was, you know, they were the, the people that he thought, you know, were, you know, the most likely suspects were chosen to participate into, in a, in a show. Um, so he put them together in matches and, um, so he could see them, you know, wrestle. Um, and so a lot of those people are the people that you're now seeing on the roster, um, like Michael Mistretta and, um, Matt Quay and, uh, people like that. So we did get, um, Terry Yaki was actually from, from Georgia was actually at the, um, at the at the combine and we loved him but again I love that you know, name <laughs> what's that teriyaki that's a fantastic name <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um so but um but you know he's from so far away you know we can't necessarily have him with us all the time but you know so we we found a lot of really beautiful people um from the combine as well so you know we we combined people that we already had people that DJ had already chosen people that are names that we're using like JD Drake and, and, and Fred. Um, yeah. Fred Yeah. is one of my favorite wrestlers, like period. Like I, I love Fred. Yeah. like seeing him being on, you know, the card so much. And of course placed as like a main eventer and everything. I, I I'm 100% behind that. <laughs> and then we had people that were like the guys in prolific that were, sort of waiting you know they Mm. were had been um you know on the uh on the student shows or whatever have you previously um and uh or 
you know, what were, what were they called? The, the dojo, dojo wars. wars. Or, sorry. Um, they were, they were on dojo wars previously. Um, and then, you know, DJ always had them in the back of his mind. And then, you know, once we reset, he called them up to the main roster. Um, so, you know, and, and that happened with a couple of different people. So we, we have the people from Dojo Wars. We have people that were just on the main roster. We have the name people. We have people from the Combine. Um, you know, people that were, were pulling from other different directions. So there's just a, there's just a mix of, of people that are happening. We have old school people because Lucky 13 was with yeah. us at the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's just a, a, a mix of people happening all over the place. Uh, you know, Rich Swan has been with us, you know. Yeah. yeah. Another, another name, uh, that, that we're releasing a card for actually coming up is Trisha Dora, uh, and seeing her, uh, on the card has been really cool. Um, and I think that she's just, you know, she's had an incredible year, um, you know, year or two here herself. So, um, it, it's a great roster. And one of the things that I love about it is that there's, you know, looking at some of the cards, there's names, um, you know, going in that I don't, that I don't know, um, or that I'm not as familiar with, um, or names that I just literally have no idea who they are. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's great to, because I think about the history of the company and I think about the fact that there are guys like, you know, MJF and Shane Strickland and, you know, that, and the list goes on that, that was them at one point in CZW, you know, they were coming, you know, out of it and in, 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 in a position to go off and do the things that they've done. And so I think that there's so but much talent. That though. <laughs> you know, here's my issue. Here's been my issue for the past couple of months. People are like, Oh, who are these guys? Blah, 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 blah. People forget yeah. that we've been doing this the entire time at CZW. Yeah. You didn't know who MJF was. You didn't know who Shane Strickland was. You didn't know who Rich Swan was. You didn't know who Mox was. You didn't know who any of these people yeah. were. Like, we've been doing that this entire time. So we're only doing the same thing that we've been doing. We're investing in the next generation of stars. So, you know... Well, I mean, it's clear that it's clear that like DJ and, you know, whoever else that he's been working with or whatever, it has an incredible eye for that because there's no doubt that, that, you know, I mean, there's been so much great talent that's come out of, you know, CZW that's, you know, kind of like earned their reputation or made their bones, if you will, in CZW. And I mean, you mentioned Moxley, there's like, there's Sammy Callahan, there's, you know, I mean, look where Joe Gacy is right now. I mean, there's like, there's just this list that, that goes on Adam and on Cole. and goes back. Yeah. Adam Cole. Right. How could I forget? Adam Cole? Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his first card he, we released multiple cards for him in the game his first card was a czw card actually yeah. before yeah. before he had a ring of honor card or anything he had a czw card um no, so I, one thing i wanted to, yeah. to hit on so i know you know uh, before the pandemic pretty much czw was mostly in new jersey running shows in new jersey but kind of since then at least the, the last few months they've uh, been running monthly in maryland how is the expansion of, how did the expansion of maryland kind of come about and and how is that going so far for the company 
So we really love, um, so we're in a place called Havre de Grace, Maryland, and um, we have this beautiful building. It is a theater in Havre de Grace. And uh, so we are working with the owners of the theater. And so it came about because um, DJ is affiliated with the owners of the theater. And um, we're just been very successful because the community is really behind, um, really behind the, uh, really behind the expansion. They really do come out to see us and, um, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I, I guess we had run in the theater a couple of times before the pandemic, but not, too many it was like maybe two and then the pandemic happened and then but now we run there every month so we run in the studio and we run there um and then there may be a couple other things happening but I don't know when or where but um but yeah so that's the schedule thus far but Harvard Grace has been um really good to us it's a beautiful little town um and the it's right on the water there um yeah. lots of beautiful little shops and restaurants i pass by it in 95 when i go down to dc from new york uh every, every couple of months I, I never know what's in there but now now i'm gonna check it out though for sure yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's absolutely spectacular and so um we really love it it's a home away from home for us so um so it's been, it's been a lot of fun, but, um, you know, we did do the Philly show this summer, um, on the Rocky steps. Oh, that's I don't cool. know if you guys saw that. Yeah. We suddenly did the Philly show. I didn't realize that's where it was though. That's yeah. Crazy. So we did, we, the, the ring was right down underneath the Rocky steps right there. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really cool. So that was, that was a really cool experience. That was something that DJ really wanted to do and he got to do it. So I was really happy about that. Um, that was something that he talked about like over a year ago. He's like, wouldn't it be fun if we got to X? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, that became a reality. So I was really happy that he got to do that because it was really something that he sort of manifested. And I was like, Hey, that's really cool that we actually got to do that. Yeah. And I'm glad to see TOD back in, um, you know, in Delaware there. I went to uh, one of the TOD, TOD 13 back in 2014. And that was a ton of fun uh, going to the farm there. Uh, what, what a place to, to, you know, to see an afternoon of, uh, of wrestling and, you know, just amazing, you know, amazing stuff. I saw that day. I think the final was Jun Kasai versus Masada, which was out of control. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, just the experience itself is something you got, you got to do in person for sure. Uh, so really, really glad to see it's back there. I know we talked before we got on uh, that, you know, typically in the past TOD has always kind of been in June and you can get some of that really, really hot weather down there. Luckily the year I went, it was not too bad, but I know some other years it's been uh, pretty sweltering. Uh, anyway, this year now kind of switching into October. Uh, and how, how do you, again, how do you kind of feel that it's going to enhance the, the fan experience there? Well, I feel like it enhances both the fan and the worker experience here's why because it can be really unpleasant to wrestle in 90 degree heat Mm -hmm. um as well as watch wrestling in 90 degree heat and it as you guys know and as your your listeners know it has been getting hotter and hotter and hotter (laughs) um earlier and earlier in the year so um 
I'm really excited that we get to do this uh, in October. We're hoping for, you know, not too cold weather, no rain. Um, and we're just going to see how it goes. You know, we're playing it by ear. We're going to see, you know, do we like it this late in October? Do we like it this late in the year? Um, you know, we'll see how everybody feels about it and we'll go from there. But, um, I personally like the fact that it's in the fall. Um, and I think also just in keeping with the fact that we're not running into, cause you know, death match summer, right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to be on top of everybody else's shows. Yeah. Um, Stand out. You know, you have your own spotlight. Well, there, yeah. Not only that for a lot of reasons, you know, it's not fair to the talent. We don't want to make anybody have to choose what they do sure. or, um, you know, uh, make people run back and forth. It, it's not fair to the fan bases either. Like we don't want people to go, Oh, I want to go to this and to that. And we, uh, you know, it's just better if we can try to go, okay, let's clear everything and try to try to sit on our own date as best as possible. Um, you know, ICW is running on the 29th, but they're in the evening and we've told people, you know, Hey, we're at two o'clock. There are no non-tournament matches, you know, to the best of our ability, we'll get you out of there. And if you do want to do both, you can try, you know, Mm -hmm. and it is what it is. We want people to enjoy wrestling, go enjoy the show, you know? Um, and, and we don't, you know, we don't want to ruin anybody's day or, you know, we just want people to, to have a, have fun and enjoy whatever wrestling they enjoy, you know? And, um, you know, people have, people have said, Oh, you know, I don't know. And I said, look, if you're going to ICW, we totally get it. We hope that you will stream our show later. We hope you'll give it a shot, you know, and that's all we can ask. Absolutely. What's the best way for people to stream that show, by the way? I'm going to get all the plugs in for you. (laughs) (laughs) So we are um, working on getting that information out. Um, Here's the issue with the farm. Uh, Mm. The Wi-Fi is not great. So um, we want to make sure that we get the best quality stream for everybody. So I want to, uh, to make sure that when I have the firmest information, um, it'll be disseminated to everybody um, as soon as I have the firmest and most appropriate information. Um, so you will see that on all of our social media and then also on the um, on the Facebook groups, um, Murder, Death, Kill and Deathmatch Elite, things like that. Um, as soon as I have the firm information about how we're streaming, I will make sure that everybody knows because I know that has been the biggest, most important question that everybody has um, because I get it, you know, cause streaming is important, but I want a quality stream. I want a stream that doesn't go down. I want a stream that, you know, has good picture, good sound. Um, and, and that's important to us. So we want to firm up all the details for you guys before we announce anything, because we want to make sure that, you don't have a frustrating experience with our stream. Uh, I think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, I think that these days it's so incredibly important because it's, I mean, it's how so many of us are are consuming, you know, wrestling on a regular basis. I mean, I haven't been to a live show. I've been to one live show in the past, like 
two and a half to three years, you know, even before the pandemic, I kind of slowed down a lot just because I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily have the time. So streaming was the best way for me to catch shows, whether I was always watching them live or I was kept, you know, I was watching them when I had a little free time and I was able to watch them. So, I mean, I think, I think anybody can appreciate that and anybody who's not understanding can, you know, go back under the bridge with the rest of the trolls. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will say the best way to see TOD is live and in person. And the other, the other thing there, and I hope makes a big comeback and one of the, one of the most memorable parts of being live was the barbecue chicken. So I'm hoping that makes its way back there too. That, that was amazing. I don't know. I remember who the chef was then, but that was one of the most memorable things. So, <laughs> so we, so a couple of things about, you know, just a, a couple of quick things. So we will have, fan catering but we're also looking for um food trucks so if anybody that hears this before the show is a friend of somebody that owns a food truck or owns a food truck please find me on social media uh at shay hunter 13 on um twitter and dm me or just on just tweet at me because we would love to have your food truck at our show um and then also uh we are always looking for sponsors, um, especially for, uh, for weapons. So, uh, please get at me at Shea Hunter 13. Just tweet at me if you are, if you own a business or you're a, a radio show or anything like that, just tweet at me and, you know, we'll hook it up. But also if you're a fan, this is a question I keep getting. Yes. Bring weapons yes. we go. <laughs> so, so you weapons. know there's not officially a fans bring the weapons match announced just plan on bringing your weapons anyway just bring them okay. um, <laughs> yes fill your car with tubes only t12s please um, <laughs> that's important to know okay <laughs> No, there's a reason for that. That's a question I always wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a reason for that because other tubes they 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 break incorrectly and they're dangerous. So mm. T12s are it. T12s oh. are the only. Oh, good. Um, Fascinating. So, um, so we 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 do encourage you to 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 bring weapons. We encourage you to bring tubes, but um, you know we we want to keep everybody safe, um, and. Uh, we will have uh, information about the stream as soon as I have it. You guys will have it. I swear to God. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everything is firmed up and you will have the correct information. I don't want to give you information that's wrong and then I got to walk it back because that doesn't make any sense either. Um, and then also on merchandising, I will have, um, I, I know right now that we will have t-shirts, hoodies, and um, posters and uh, we'll see what else we might have. Um, but as of right now, I think that's that's primarily what we're gonna have. Nice, nice. Ah, that, I mean, I, I wish I could go in person. You know, you you had asked me uh, earlier uh, uh, if I would be able to attend, and I, you know, I'm in Chicago and moving and all this, you know, other sort of stuff that's going on. But I genuinely hope, because I know that there's folks that, that are listening to this, that are a part of the game community that live, you know, out in that area. And uh, I, I hope that as many people that, that, that can make it in person uh, from our community get out there, just because I think that uh, it sounds like it's going to be a really special show. Um, I think it's it's such a cool roster of talent um, that you put together. Uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. And, and you know, selfishly, I'm hoping that we'll 
we'll be able to use this opportunity to get some of those names uh, that we don't have in the game signed to the game so that we can produce game cards for them and you know, maybe do something special down the road because I think that would be really, really cool because we've got cards for Necro Butcher and Bobby Beverly and Orin Vite, but that's that's it. So it would be great to add the rest of the, the Tournament of Death roster to the game down the road. Um, I did want to take a moment, uh, speaking of our, our community, you know, we have a lot of, of fans of the game that uh, have been, you know, playing CZW or playing Indies uh, game sets for years now. We've been producing them for, for quite a while. Uh, and we've gotten to see a, quite a few of those names, uh, of course, explode and, 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 you know, going to be big stars or whatnot. Um, but the community has always been supportive and, and has been involved in, in wrestling in, in numerous ways. And someone that was very important to us that worked with CZW that unfortunately is no longer with us is Lyle Williams. Williams. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, to take a minute to, to see, you know, how well you knew Lyle, what you knew of Lyle. And, and of course, Todd can talk about this a little bit too, because Todd knew Lyle. I, I unfortunately didn't. Um, I just, I knew of him, but uh, uh, so yeah, I'd love to hear, you know, your memories of Lyle. Well, I knew Lyle extremely well. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, obviously I started as a photographer, so right. we were in the same community and um I loved Lyle dearly. Um, you know, Lyle was an incredibly special person. We, when, when somebody is dedicated to CZW, we say they bleed black and yellow and nobody bled black and yellow more than Lyle. Um, Lyle was at CZW if he was tired, if he was sick, um, it didn't matter. Um, nobody loved the company more than Lyle. And I feel like it's weird because I feel like there's going to be like this hole where he was. Um, it's, I, I, this may be the first TOD that he won't be at. Um, yeah, Cause I know sure. this thing is 2019 where he passed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it very well might be. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think, um, you know, they're goddamn impossible shoes to fill you know, um, we have Frankie Kurz, who's an amazing photographer, but, you know, uh, an incredible, immense talent. But, um, you know, Lyle it was just, um, he was with us for so many years and so beloved. And, um, you know, he would come to other projects that I was doing and shoot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he just... You know, I loved him dearly. He was just a, a close friend, um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing about it is, um, you know, we're also uh, we're also missing um, uh, our dear fan um, as well. Um, the guy in the front row. Oh, yeah. Um I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um his name is escaping me. And I just saw a video of him today where DJ was singing him happy birthday sitting on his lap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, uh yeah. yeah, gosh. You know, when you're undercaffeinated it <laughs> no, no worries. You know what? I just, uh, um, I just went and, uh, and, and did a search here. Uh, would it be, would it be Kevin Hogan? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're missing Kevin Hogan as well. Um, and I can't remember for the life of me what year he passed. 2017. But, um, 
Yeah. So we're missing Hogan as well. So, you know, like that's, um, that's a huge loss as well, you know, cause like he, he never missed a show. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. well, I it's think, definitely, go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, yeah, you definitely, you know, just, yeah, just, I, I, I knew Lyle obviously more than, than Kevin, but, you know, just all these different fixtures there, just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, missing that just, yeah, it does seem like a part is missing out, but at least, you know, we have the legacy going on there, you know, Lyle, his big thing was he wanted to, you know, he gave so much time to, uh, to the sport of wrestling and he just wanted, you know, the guys who were giving their all in the matches, a bigger spotlight, anything he could do to give them more of a spotlight that that's what he wanted to do it. And, and it was always amazing uh, that he, that how much time and, and effort he gave. So, yeah. Uh, and then he, again, with, with our game, you know, he was always such a big supporter with us and uh, you know, it, providing for you know, for, providing photographs, but also helping us get in contact with different wrestlers. You know, he, a lot of the CZW set was because he was, you know, helping us to introduce people, uh, introducing us to people and uh, you know, you know, but always, you know, always great to always just the, the smiling face to see it at any show there. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely miss you know, seeing him at any show for sure. Well, we just an absolutely incredible guy. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure that we took a moment uh, uh, to, to talk about him and to, you know, just kind of pay tribute to him. And uh, I think that, you know, Todd hit on it. And of course, you mentioned it from the get go, but the, you know, being able to remember like the legacy of this, this community goes, you know, beyond even just the, the wrestlers in the ring. Um, yeah. And, and, and I'm going to fit this in. It's, it's going to be our last thing before we wrap up. But, you know, speaking of, of wrestlers and people that are no longer, you mentioned Justice Payne earlier, and mm-hmm. we were able to produce a card for Justice Payne last year. Uh, and I was really excited about it because again you know having watched czw early um i mean he was the man and uh and and he was in there with so many different people you know people that today you know like i mean he had a match like Sami Zayn, you you know for the czw title you know i mean as or excuse me he had a match with el generico who was retired to an orphanage in mexico i'm sorry i keep keep confusing the two uh but anyway (laughs) but anyway uh uh i i I, so i i wanted to just uh since you had mentioned him earlier uh again to take a moment to you know just talk about like one of maybe your favorite memories uh, that you're allowed to talk about uh you know about justice pain so my thing about chris was that this is something that people don't know about him he was the most chivalrous person i ever met in wrestling he loved women and he was protective of women and he um he really cared about you and he had a very um sort of hard exterior soft interior and i remember i won't say who this is out of their privacy but um a girl that we worked with was having a really hard breakup with another wrestler and he was working that guy and he said don't worry i'll take care of it Mm. so he was sort of like brawling around the building with this guy and they got to the concession stand and all of a sudden like this girl walked up next to me and her and I were best friends so she walks up next to me and we're watching the match and Chris like lays this guy over the concession stand and starts pouring every condiment over this guy's <laughs> body completely destroying his gear catch mustard relish <laughs> all over his face, his body, his expensive gear. 
And that was Chris. Like, like he had your back. But like, like that flies in the face of a lot of stories you hear about him because, you know, like he could be King Pancras or he could be exacting when you work with him in matches or whatever. But like, he was like, if he really cared about you, he really cared about you and he had your back. Wow. That's really cool. Uh, that's really cool. Well, yeah, like I said, we wanted to take a moment because I was really excited that we were able to get a, a card for him. And, you know, when you mentioned him earlier, yeah, he was, I, honestly, it wasn't necessarily something I had planned on talking about. Like I thought like, oh, if we get the chance, great. But when you mentioned him earlier, I, I wanted to make sure I brought him, brought him up again. Um, Shannon, this has been awesome. I can't uh, thank you enough for for joining us uh, and, you know, for, for being able to talk so in depth about the Tournament of Death, which is October 29th. Um, and details will come, of course, about streaming. Uh, so make sure that you're following CZW on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, and of course, you can follow Shannon as well, Shay Hunter, S-H-A-E Hunter, um, uh, over on Twitter for for updates and everything. Um, but before, you know, before we let you go, before we get out of here, is there anything else that you wanted to address anything else that you wanted to talk about that we missed um please come to my damn show please come to my <laughs> damn show. um no uh please come please come to uh a tournament of death um because here's the thing like tournament of death is is you know just sort of like such a huge one for us and you know we want we want to we want to we want to do the thing and come to it and support it and keep supporting it and the more you support it the more of it we're going to do um and i and i feel like support it and the more it's going to build on itself um and and that's what i want to say about that um you know, I, and, and I, I just feel like let's make this one really huge. And then that way we can do more things and build it bigger and get more people in here and, um, you know, help the Remington Roars and the Carvers and all of these people give them a bigger platform. Cause that's really what it's about. You know, I'm not doing this shit for my ego, <laughs> you know, like I'm doing this shit for Otis Coger. I'm doing this shit for Brad. I'm doing this shit for the younger guys so that they have a place to ply their trade. They have a place to get Scene. they have a place for you to enjoy them i want the fans to have a beautiful experience i want the workers to have a beautiful experience i want czw to continue to have a beautiful legacy um and and that's why i'm doing it so come enjoy yourself have a beautiful time so that we can continue to keep entertaining you but we can't continue to keep entertaining you if you don't come and and that's really what i want to tell you about that um you know we want to continue to do this um but if if we're going to continue to do this and this is true of 
every company across the board, no matter how big or small, how successful or moderately successful or not successful, we must have your support. And um, we are dependent upon your support if we are going to continue to entertain you. So, so that's what I want to say is, you know, buy the merch and come to the shows and stream them. We are so grateful for you. We are so lucky to get to do this. It is a dream come true. It is an absolute pleasure, honor, and dream come true to serve you like this. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. On my worst day, I hit my knees at night and thank God for the opportunity to do this. <laughs> but you have to support us if you want us to continue to serve you in this way. So that's that's what I want to say. CZWrestling.com, buy those tickets. And as soon as I have information on the stream, I will let you know. Awesome. Wow, that's so great. Yeah, let's make, you know, Tournament of Death 19 a huge success so that Tournament of Death 20 can be even better, um, even bigger, even, you know, even more uh, to do. Um, Shannon, thank you again so much. Yes, thank you, Shannon. What an honor. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Take care of yourself. Uh, we're going to uh, be right back here in just a moment uh, with more. But uh, again, we wanted to thank our guest, Shannon Hunter, for joining us uh, to talk CZW and Tournament of Death and anything and everything else. Um, so thanks again. Have a wonderful night. Predict major wrestling pay-per-views with the Jobber Radio Prediction League. Win free fight TV events, wrestler merch, and more while competing for Prediction League championships. Sign up for free at jrpl.jobberradio.com. JRPL. Watch. Predict. Win. Todd, I don't know about you. I thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot Shannon, of fun. We got we had to put a lot of money into Mike's swear jar with that one, but I think it was well worth it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, it's funny, Shannon, and this is not I, I this is not me patting us on the back or anything, but Shannon sent me a message uh, afterwards uh, talking about her words exactly or how dope uh, the conversation <laughs> was and, uh, and how much fun she had. And so I, I, you know, thank you so much, Shannon. Uh, it was it was a really great time, uh, and I can't wait to see what's next from the company and um i'm you know as somebody who has has run a bit hot and cold on deathmatch wrestling to be completely honest with you because i don't necessarily like deathmatch wrestling for the sake of deathmatch wrestling i do believe that there are great performers out there who are really really good at deathmatch wrestling um you know talking about somebody like necro butcher uh i mean that's a guy who you know i don't care what anybody says like you watch one of his matches like he is out there it's a fight he's telling a story and it's unique and 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 and, you know, I'll die on that hill any day of the week. Uh, he's great. And and there are plenty of other uh, folks out there that that are uh, bringing their own unique. Yeah, like uh, I, yeah, I, like I noticed I've been to like, you know, a couple of CZW events and like the two matches that jumped out to me were both uh, Masada versus Jun Kasai matches. Oh, so Jun is from, uh, from Japan, like saw them at the first ever WrestleCon show. They were in the main event of the CZW show there. And then they were also the finals of the tournament of death that I did go to. And just kind of seeing like that, it's like, oh, okay, you know, this, these are guys who, you know, they, they're doing it the right way. And when it's done the right way, it's yeah, it's, it's a, it's the wonderful thing. It's not just, you know, 
gory and guys beating up each other, you know, with, you know, no, no story. There's a big, there's a big story uh, with it. So. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I, so I'm really looking forward to, to tournament of death 19. Um, I, I think uh, as soon as kind of the streaming information comes out for that uh, you know, I'll try and get it out there on, on, yep. on our social media uh, sure. as well, of course, put it out on the boards uh, and the Facebook group uh, just so people know and are aware of exactly <clears throat> how they can, watch it if they're not going to be in the Delaware area but if you are uh you know get a ticket go go see the show see some some wrestling outdoors as the leaves fall around you uh and uh mm-hmm. you know I know uh, I know I can't make it this year I'm hoping for 20 maybe I can make it down there that'd be cool to kind of make a comeback there uh, for that it's a great great atmosphere and event uh, for that so definitely recommend it as one you know one wrestling experience that everybody should do uh, yeah time. So. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to make it out there for one. Um, and one of the you know the last thing I'll say too about our interview is I really appreciate the um, you know the importance of of legacy uh, and the the importance of kind of honoring what has come before and the hard work and you know the literal blood, sweat, and tears of of everyone who's come before to build this company over the past twenty plus years. Um, and getting the chance to talk about you know names like Justice Payne um, was really cool. And of course, obviously, the chance to kind of pay tribute to Lyle Williams was uh, was, yeah. was a great a great opportunity. We couldn't not do it. And, you know, Shannon, of course, knew, knew Lyle uh, pretty well. So um, thank you so much, Shannon. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we get the chance to do it again sometime because uh, I would love to, you know, as I said in closing, I would love to be uh, a year from now talking about TOD 20 uh, uh, with Shannon. And, and you know, who knows? There might be, uh, might, we might be able to do something sooner rather than later um, yeah, uh, with 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 her and, uh, and other folks. So um that's that's all uh for me uh i don't really have anything else to talk about but you sir you have some stuff that you might want to allude to yeah. or hint to or tease from well, fed hq a couple things got a couple of things well, well first we're going to do a non fed hq i'm going to do a little bit of oh, okay. lego corner from last week uh yes. so uh, i did show you right before we you know recorded uh, some here i have completed the delorean from back to the future and it's amazing uh highly looks, highly recommend it's so cool yeah it's super cool i did this, the, the back to the future one car but you can you can do two and three and just the stuff they have in there it's absolutely amazing and you know i'm looks, gonna drop this as a video so if you want to show people the delorean oh, okay. you might as well like you know put it up definitely there. do that yeah so there we go here's there's the delorean right there looks incredible uh, yeah the doors come open I've, and uh, I, the, the wheels pop out there for yeah it's, it's super cool out of time <laughs> I, I love like please don't get me wrong i love the look of like traditional legos i really really do but yeah. the craftsmanship the architecture that goes into a product like that is absolutely incredible because Amazing. it doesn't look like a lego you know what i mean yeah. like it it looks it looks like a, a scale model you know and uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's super super cool a lot of fun little gimmicks you were showing me some of the stuff oh yeah a lot of the gimmicks um, yeah the little uh you know the 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 the, the uh was it the, the little um fusionomatic or something yeah. that he puts on the back there it's got a beer can and a, and a and a banana peel in there and stuff and then you got all the little touches there they're very good at doing that at lego so uh super cool there and so you know some point i'll do i'm gonna get that that cantina done it'll happen at one point <laughs> but this this one here caught my eye i definitely wanted to get this one right away so uh that's good there uh the other thing i will mention from fit hq so we are kind of nailed down a, a date for the virtual con for october which is going to be sunday october 23rd mm-hmm. uh probably 
probably by the time we're back uh, with next episode, we'll uh, have a lot more details on that, uh, the, all the times and stuff. But the plan is to do, as usual, a couple uh, tournaments ahead of time for people who want to participate in that. We'll do an Indies Women's Tournament, a War Games Tournament with 2092 and 2093 cards in there, uh, as well as a uh, CAC-based Legends Tournament. So uh, different uh, Cauliflower Alley uh, honorees there, because, uh, you know, just kind of following up on uh, like Tom's visit at the Cauliflower Alley and the Brie Brian Blair card. Um, so we'll do a tournament with that too. So, uh, you know, guests, Very nice. and, you know, panel, which kind of talk about the recent releases as well as upcoming releases. So lots more with that. And uh, yeah, we'll have a couple of things kind of up until then, you know, a couple other things are create a character contest that we alluded to before uh, details will come out on that, uh, you know, right before the con as well, but October 23rd, make sure to block off the date. I think right now looking at, 12 to 3 for, uh, Eastern for tournaments and then uh, 3 to 5 for kind of everything else if you want to just join for that. And there will be a Champions and a Legends card that will be you know exclusive for the con too. So many more details on that coming soon, but that's the latest from Fed HQ. Love it. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I always love the the virtual cons, uh, a lot of fun, and it's always great to be able to talk with the teams and interview guests. And I mean, let's face it, the cards, man, the cards, the you exclusives, got to get the exclusives. Uh, look forward to hearing more information about that and getting kind of a rundown of all the events, which of course we'll provide for you here. Um, to be completely honest with you, next week is a little up in the air. We've got a couple of ideas for next week's show, but we're, we're shifting some things around just out of necessity. Um, you know, we've had uh, a couple of schedule changes here, or there, or, you know, I might have something to do. Todd might have something to do, etc. So, uh, we don't know exactly what we'll be bringing you, but it'll be cool. I promise. Um, and, and, and uh, maybe we'll have some some guests on as well. So uh, I think it's time for us to get out of here. What do you say, Todd? Oh, I've lost your sound. I can't hear you. Oh, yeah. No, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, no, it's time to get out of here. And I do have to leave you with three last words. And that is, let's go, Mets. <laughs> okay okay i'll allow it I'll you'll allow it. thank you thank you thank you i don't dislike that. the vets at all i just have never i they, you know they, they, they've never been my team for a myriad of reasons but i but i love and respect your reasons for loving yes. and respecting the Mets. <laughs> so so i will i will i will echo your let's go mets and uh if you're if you're paying attention uh it's 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 one of the best times of the year for baseball fans because you know, all season long, it's all come down to to playoff baseball and heading into the World Series. So um, we're going to get out of here. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another uh, and um, stay safe out there. And remember to roll those dice responsibly. Yeah.